everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are both really expensive, really nice pieces of camping equipment that have never once been used by the Collins. And you're listening to Tuesday's R for Twilight. What's good, TM? What does TM stand for? Trademark. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking like tomorrow I'm like I don't know it hasn't been tomorrow yet <laughs> honestly like things are pretty chill in my life I you know first week not working at Chipotle feeling free I'm not wearing a bra right now it's just nice you know um I'm you know really enjoying the whole working from home life it's not my whole job because also I still work at the funeral home but for about 20 hours a week, I work from home. And let me tell you, this is what I've been missing my whole life. This is the introvert's dream. This is the kid who was raised on Neopets' dream. I I was born to do this work. I was telling um, my roommate and my friend Jenna uh, yesterday that I, I don't want to be a leader. I was born to be a cog in a machine. I, You give me busy work, and I will do that fucking busy work if I can do it in my own time, in my own location. I will happily be a robot for you. I'm so dead. I am very happy for you because you have earned it in all your, your years in the service industry. You have earned working in not a bra in your room. Thank you. And on the floor, as a floor bitch, I, I've been working on the floor. I've been working on the couch. I've been working with a heated blanket. It's been nice. What would you do if you had to live in a place that didn't have carpet? Would you still sit on the floor? It's a good question. I'd probably lay a bunch of blankets down, like if I wanted to lay on the floor, because I like stretching my legs out. While I like sitting on couches, I really like being fully extended. Yeah, that's totally a thing. I used to call it, when I was a kid, I called it my soccer legs. Like, I couldn't have my legs, like, wrapped up. It would bother me. I like it a little bit, but I, my mom's side of the family historically has very bad knees, so my legs and my knees start to hurt if they're bent for too long, so I gotta, I gotta be fully straight at times. Totally. Um, I told Paige basically nothing about this, but I had a medical incident TM over the weekend, and it probably is not going to be that interesting to y'all, but I started a podcast so I could talk about whatever I wanted, so it's my prerogative. So today's Tuesday. Um, this past Sunday was Easter Sunday, just setting the stage a little. So on Saturday night, I, I started having this pain in one side of my chest, like basically underneath my rib cage. When I, it was like especially bad when I breathed, like inhaled, but it didn't feel like sickness. Like, you know how when you have like a cough, your chest kind of hurts. It wasn't like that. It was like muscular kind of like it felt like something was pokey or like, you know what I mean? Something like that. And I was like, okay. Was it a sharp pain at all, or was it, like, a soreness? It was sharp when I inhaled, so it felt like somebody was, like, stabbing when I inhaled. I've definitely got that before, but it's been very brief. Like, it's in, I asked a doctor about it one time, and he was like, it could just be the way you were sitting. Like, just the way your ribs were oriented could have just been, like, poking you in a weird way. So if it ever happens to me again, I always just, like, readjust the way that I'm sitting or like raise my arms and like it usually fixes the problem okay that is good to know 
I figured it would go away, so I just did nothing. But I didn't sleep very well Saturday night because I was very uncomfortable. And then Sunday, it was still there. It had actually gotten a little bit worse. But I was like, okay. So I texted my mom, who was a nurse, and she was she thought it was this thing called pleurisy, which you get when you have an infection. But I don't have an infection. So I was like, okay, Liza Manelli. So then I drove down to my hometown to have Easter lunch with my family. Drove back, and on the way back, it was really starting to hurt. Like, literally, I was, like, scared to breathe deep, and I was getting, like, air hunger. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like when your body thinks that you're not getting enough oxygen because you're not breathing deep, and so it kind of, like, panics, and that just makes it worse. It's like a cycle. And I already have anxiety, and air hunger is, like, part of my thing when I have, like, anxiety attacks. So it was just a bad situation, and I was like, okay, so I got home from driving all the way to my hometown and back. And I like laid down and it was worse when I laid down. And I was like, what if I punctured a lung? Because apparently that can just happen randomly. So, and I was Googling it and it sounded like it lined up. So boyfriend of the pod, Jacob took me to urgent care. And it was kind of terrifying. They, because they have to treat it that way. Cause it could have been a cardiac thing. They basically like laid me down in this bed. It gave me an EKG, an ultrasound, uh, urine and blood tests, an IV with fluids and pain medication, and an x-ray. And I was like, ah! But then it turned out that literally none of those tests showed anything wrong. And the doctor was kind of an asshole. And he was like, yeah, we don't know. Sorry. And I was like, okay thanks for nothing so I guess it was maybe just like I pulled a muscle or something but it was scary okay it was scary the the first time I experienced something like that I I was literally in computer class freshman year and I texted my mom I was like I'm having like really sharp rib like sharp chest pains I don't know what to do and she didn't respond for a while because she was at work. She was probably in a meeting or something, but like it eventually went away on its own, probably for me just readjusting. But yeah, no, it was very scary because it's like, like you said, like it could be like a punctured lung, like your ribs are there. And, you know, I, um, I know I've talked about it before on the pod, but one of my favorite book series growing up as a kid was Gregor the Overlander. And there's a whole bit in one of the books about how his, he like, takes a bad like he's in a fight and he gets injured and his ribs get like misaligned and it's like excruciatingly painful and I that's like in my head forever for the rest of my life so like anything sharp rib pains is very scary yeah totally and it was the fact that it was going on for 24 hours I was like this is odd but anyway so I didn't sleep very well Sunday night either because I was like literally could only lay in one position <laughs> and I'm like a toss and tosser and turner so it just did not go well for me so I woke up yesterday which was Monday and I was like fine it hurt a lot less but I was like uh-uh so I texted my boss and I was like I'm taking a sick day and then I literally slept all day how do you feel now a lot better I work today so in that sense I don't feel good no I'm just kidding I like my job but you know how it'd be yeah, no, I mean, coming back to work is exhausting. It is. 
anyways, that's been my not that exciting story. Literally, like, four different people asked me if it was possible I could be pregnant. And I was like, no. No. I, you know what question always bugs me? It's the one, are you sexually active? It's like, what is your definition of active? Like, yeah, I guess. But, like, like there are times when they ask if I'm sexually active where it's like, what you're asking is not applicable. I promise you, it like, I'm not pregnant. I don't have anything going on crazy. Like, I'm not having sex currently, but I... I wouldn't say no if it came my way, you know, like, like, what is your definition of active? I hate that. Yes, totally. Totally. I agree that they just do not need to ask that as often as they ask that. Okay, real quick recommendation corner. I'll go first this week. Because mine's really simple. Walking. Walking is cool. It can release stress. You know, it can get you outside. I've been walking a lot on my treadmill, but it's a nice little, like, I kind of still work when I'm on it, but it's a nice little way to get some movement into my day. I recommend walking. My recommendation is a tabletop game called Crazy Cat Lady. Uh, actually, I guess it's just called Cat Lady. Um, it's essentially a, it's a strategy game. There's some cards involved. Um but you can play a game in like 15 to 20 minutes. Once you play it once and you know the rules, it's very easy to play after that. And if you like cats, it's really fun. It cost me, I think, 25 bucks and would highly recommend. It's a very fun game. Nice. I love a snappy game. It it does like you need to do a first game where you really learn the rules. But after that, I got it for my friend Jenna for her birthday. Um, and she came to visit in October and so we tried it the very first night she was here. And then after that, we played probably like 35 games while she was here. Like it, you learn it really quickly. And then after that, it's like, how am I going to win? How, how am I going to make sure all my cats are fed? How am I going to make sure we have enough catnip? You know, it's all kinds of fun cat stuff. That's funny. Let's play it next time that we are together. I love that. Okay. Anyways. This week we read, I know it was short, but y'all know why in a bit. This week we read chapter 21 of Eclipse, which was called Trails. What did you think of this one? Um, this one was, you know, it was okay. You know, not my favorite, not my least favorite, that's for sure. I just, this was another, like, rough one to read from Jacob's point of view. Like, I don't know, it just wasn't my favorite and the Jacob side of things. I guess we're getting some say yes to the dress, lavish, four weddings type wedding. I don't know. I'm just excited to see this wedding that Alice is planning. I think it's going to be over the top. I'm really excited for that. Um, overall, like, this chapter wasn't, like, especially, like, a standout chapter to me. There was definitely more monster fucking attitudes, that's for sure. And I feel like Bella is really going Virgo in this chapter. She is going the extra mile. She is doing things too much. She is she's doing things the way that she wants them done extra. You know, I I definitely wouldn't be the person to be smearing my blood all over the forest, you know, to help my boyfriend out, but you know, this this situation probably called for it. So, you know, I don't know, just a lot of 
mixed feelings about this chapter. I think you summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like my very first note for this chapter sums it up. It's literally just babe dot dot dot. Yeah, honestly, I there's a part with Jacob that he says something out loud that I'm like, yeah, you kind of just summed up the whole book series. Like, that's it. That's just the way Bella is. Okay, I can't wait to hear what that is because I do not know currently what you're talking about. <sighs> okay. Let's hop in, bitches. Sorry, I had to get comfy there. Okay, so we left off last chapter. Bella got engaged. And we opened this chapter with a bang. <laughs> just giving a thumbs down. This is why my first note of the chapter was babe dot dot dot. Because let me just read this out loud. He left me alone to get dressed, and I appreciated the chance to think. Somehow my plan for last night had gone horribly awry, and I needed to come to grips with the consequences. Though I'd given back the hand-me-down ring as soon as I could do it without hurting his feelings, my left hand felt heavier, like it was still in place, just invisible. I just feel like that is not how you should feel the morning after you get engaged. Absolutely not. And knowing Edward, how did she do this without hurting his feelings? She totally hurt his feelings, but he didn't want her to know. Yeah, I mean, it would hurt my feelings if someone said yes to my proposal, but, like, this is the way they're feeling. Yeah, I feel like probably her reasoning that she used, this is just a guess, but I feel like she's probably was like, I don't want to tell Charlie yet. And, like, if I'm wearing this ring out and around town, people are going to talk, you know? Yeah, I mean, she could have kept it, like, in her pocket or worn it on a chain around her neck. You know, there are options than just returning it, you know? That's a really good point. <laughs> I honestly thought that when you said the first line, I thought of you, the literal very first line of this chapter. I hated to waste any part of the night in sleep, but that was inevitable. That seemed very anti-Emily to me. I would never say something like that. <laughs> clown behavior. True clown behavior. Oh my god. Okay, so obviously they now need to make their preparations for the battle. And so today, um, Bella's going to be setting the false trail in the clearing, and then they're going to be going camping with all this expensive camping gear that they literally have never used. I mean, I guess I'm happy that they're supporting the local economy. But it's just, it's pointless. Yeah. I mean, they're rich enough that, I mean, I guess this was back in 2006. Sorry, I made that loud noise. I guess this was back in 2006. But I was going to say, people might just assume that they were on Amazon. But maybe it wasn't as popular back then. Probably not. So I guess I get it. And yeah, better to buy from them, the Newtons, than Amazon, even if you're never going to use it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it became useful eventually. Yeah. Little did they know. They'd have a pet human hanging out. Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> okay. So Bella notices that Alice is in a bad mood, and we find out shortly... It's because um, 
basically in her visions she sees that Bella and Edward are going to get married but that they're going to do it in Vegas without a ceremony and she is very offended because she would love to plan a wedding and so she begs Bella to let her and Bella is a sucker so she says yes what did you think about that I mean I know you're looking forward to it but I so originally when Alice comes in I'm trying to find the the very first sentence um okay here it is so Alice is described as this Alice seemed to be in an unusually bad mood I chalked it up to her frustration with feeling normal because her first words to Edward were a complaint about working with the wolves so my brain immediately clocks this it's important for a reason why else would it be brought up so I'm thinking like oh no something bad is going to happen to someone in the family. She's seen something, she's seen a prediction or a future sight, you know, it's going to be something bad. But then almost following, it's described as, oh, I looked at Edward and he was smiling. Whatever was bugging Alice amused him. So clearly it's not that. I know it's not that. So my next thought is Alice knows about the wedding thing because on the on the previous page, on page 462, Bella's talking about Vegas and getting married at Vegas. And I'm like, this is this is why Alice is upset. I can I can guarantee it. It is very on brand with her. I'm not surprised. Um, I don't know, like, why she thinks that Bella would want this. I think I don't even know if Edward would want this, but I think Edward would just go along with anything, you know, just to get the ends of it all. Um, but I'm not surprised. And it leads me to a question that is very important to me, and you'll know why in a moment. Yes or no, do you think that Alice is a Leo? I don't know enough about Leos. I think you're the only Leo I know. I'm sorry to let you down. I think that she is. If not a Leo, then perhaps maybe... She's just fiery to me. She's she The, the way that she dresses and her energy level she just seems like a fire sign to me and since she loves to be like that bitch trademark she's a leo to me okay i feel like we can serve or solve this right now by googling it but i'll do it so you don't have any spoilers uh they don't have her date of birth oh wait yeah they do aquarius I could see it. I think Aquarius. Oh wait, Aqua it has to be a water sign. Yeah. <laughs> Aquarius is do like, like have a spunk or an attitude to them, you know. So that doesn't surprise me. And Aquariuses are the most rare sign of all twelve signs. So you know she's a little she's a little silly goofy. So I guess that doesn't surprise me. But. I someone who wears their hair so spiky and so fun. She, I just want her to be a Leo. Maybe she has it in like her other what's it called things. Her big three. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I do want to go back to one thing you said. I just feel like Edward does low key want this, but he would never admit it because he was the one who was all like, "I would have endeavored to ask for your hand in marriage." You know, like, he would love that stupid shit. <laughs> I, you're definitely not wrong. I, like, like you said earlier, I just don't think he wants to admit it. You know, he, 
he's would forever do anything that Bella wants. And if Bella would want something low key, he will 100% do that. But if given full reign and he has no budget, it's anything. This man is getting so many ice sculptures. You know it. It's true. To represent his ice cold peepee. I was just about to say to represent his ice cold heart and his stone skin. I took it a little farther than you did. <sighs> okay. So Bella agrees to let her do it. And she can't be mad for very long because she doesn't want to be mad at Edward. She knows it's not like his fault. Then there's this whole weird moment where Edward cuts Alice off saying that he already has a diamond on her, which I'm like, Bella freaks out about this later on that the crystal heart that Edward gave her is diamond. I'm like, what did you think it was? Fucking cubic zirconia? As if. I honestly thought it was crystal. Like I legitimately did. I, I, I guess just the way it was described and how Bella said crystal for so, for so long that I just kind of pictured that in my head. So when this short little paragraph or this little like blurb happened, I, I had to reread it a couple times because it was a little confusing to me. I legitimately didn't know what he was talking about. And then when Bella has that realization later, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Again, very up Edwards Alley. But I just didn't realize it was Diamond. Yeah, that's fair. I don't get why she's so salty about it, though, because it's not like he bought it. Like, he already owned it. Yeah, it was a hand-me-down. Didn't he say it was a hand-me-down? Yeah, it was his mom's, which I'm like, what'd she do for work? Yeah, five carrots in the 20s or earlier, you know? Like, that's, that's like, that's Mr. Monopoly money. <laughs> I was going to make a Monopoly joke and I couldn't think of a single property name in Monopoly. I, okay, so here's just a fun Monopoly thing. Um, my family, we never owned Monopoly. We had a zoo version called Zooopoly. And all of the properties were animals that you were like getting for your zoo and you were making their enclosures bigger and stuff like that. And I played it like twice a week with my sister when we were very young and my sister is six years younger than me so imagine you are 12 years old and you're playing monopoly with a six-year-old obviously you're gonna win like there's there's no way you're not gonna win and i think it built a terrible complex in my brain that i i'm really good at games and like i have to win because i am the world's worst sore loser now and i 100 percent believe it's due to me playing zoopoly with my sister every day <laughs> i've never noticed you being a sore loser so if that makes you feel any better it does make me feel better but i have seen it like as in my like college and adult age like it coming out and i'm like where did where is this coming from why are you why are you this upset right now? Let's think about this. Where why? Why are we acting like this? We're in our 20s. We don't need to act like this. And I I think I rooted it all back to that. I mean, it sounds legit. I just root mine back to the fact that I'm an asshole and I'm like very competitive <laughs> just by nature. Um kind of related kind of not, but this is how you know I didn't have friends when I was a kid. I used to play Sorry, you know the game Sorry. 
I used to play it by myself for hours. I would have little tournaments with the different colors. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, if I could play board games with myself, I would. Tina, Tina's standing on my book right now. Well. I, I guess, guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's the end of the episode. Okay. So, everyone keeps talking about how there's a storm coming. I'm like, maybe don't go camping then. Maybe have another plan. But whatever. So they head off, at, they being Edward and Bella, head off to have Bella set the false trail. And I do gotta say, on page 468, Edward says to her, all right, just walk north for a ways, touching as much as you can. Alice gave me a clear picture of their path and it won't take long for us to intersect it. What on earth made you think that Bella would know directions? I wouldn't. Bella certainly wouldn't. Yeah, like, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know this because I don't think a lot of you live in Colorado, but in Colorado, the mountains are, at least where we live, the mountains are always west. So no matter where you are, if you can see the mountains, you can gauge yourself geographically, or I guess, I don't know what map words are. Uh, you can just, you can just orient yourself in a different direction. Compassly. Compassly? Okay. You can you can orient yourself compassly to know which direction you're facing. So when I read this in my mind, I was like, like, oh, of course, you know, Bella doesn't know directions, but this and that. But like, yeah, how would you know just anywhere without any with without anything on you indicating? How would you know? They're in the middle of the forest right now. I honestly don't know. Must be a vampire sense. Also, compassly is not a real word. You knew that, right? I know that. I just liked it. It, it made sense. Okay, good. Because the way you went with it, I was like, oh no, I have led her astray. I will do anything you tell me to do ever. <laughs> Even crime. Noted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that in mind. So Bella goes about setting this trail, and as Paige was mentioning earlier, she goes hort. She pulls some hairs out and drapes them across the branches. Gotta love that for her. I did have... Not that I had an issue with it, but Edward makes it seem like that she's physically pulling the hairs out of her head. Boy, have you ever met a girl with long hair? And I think Bella's hair, it's not like long, long, but it's, you know, a little past her shoulders. And I like to imagine Bella has thick hair. She seems like a thick hair bitch. Run your hands through your hair anytime you will get two hair, two to four hairs come out all the time. That's just the way that thick hair bitches are. It's just the way it is. She's not pulling her hairs out. It's just nature. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't know that because, like, my hair is everywhere on every surface I ever touch. So it's weird he's, like, not noticed that. Yeah, I was hooking up with a guy one time and he said he could never, I would never be the woman that someone cheated with because my hairs end up everywhere. I guess that's a compliment, question mark. Yeah, I'm like... Also, I will never be the person that someone cheats with because I will never be the person that someone cheats with. Yeah, unless you didn't know. Okay. So when she's just about done with setting this trail, Bella falls, as Bella does, and she scrapes, what, like her hand, right? Yeah, her hand. And so she, like, is pressing her hand on rocks and stuff to make the trail even more intense she says jasper will love this 
And then finally Edward comes over to like clean out her cut and like bandage it. And they have this whole moment where Bella discovers that her blood doesn't bother Edward anymore. Like he can be around it without any incident. My thing with this is how it's the first, how is this the first time that she has bled since he's been back? Like, you know what I mean? It's she falls all the time. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the first time that, like, like maybe it's been, like, a little bit of blood and she hasn't thought about it. I don't know. Like, in this scenario, it seems like it's a decent amount that, like, she would note it. I was thinking, like, wasn't there a blood scene earlier, but it was Jacob's blood? Yeah. 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 Um, Edward's explanation is, I'll just read this really quick. I lived through an entire 24 hours thinking that you were dead, Bella. That changed the way I look at a lot of things. Did it change the way I smell to you? Not at all. But having experienced the way it feels to think I've lost you, my reactions have changed. My entire being shies away from any course that could inspire that kind of pain again. You could just talk like a normal person, but I guess that's too much to ask. <laughs> that's beneath him. <laughs> Truly. Okay, so then Jacob shows up because he has to carry her to where they're going to be camping so that he hides her scent. And, yeah, the rest of the chapter is basically just him carrying her, and it's pretty cringe, as Paige was saying earlier. Oh, I'll just hit the highlights. Um. <laughs> saying that in a strained voice, let's hit the highlights. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Jacob also... Sorry, I just bumped my elbow really hard. Jacob also is one to comment on the storm. He says, you know, you picked a hell of a night to go camping or something like that. Um, and then they bring up the last time that they were alone together, which is when Jacob kissed her without consent. So Jacob is being really gross. He's like, I know you've been thinking about it. I know you've been thinking about me, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit about this. Like, he's just being gross. And I feel bad for Bella because she literally has no choice. She has nowhere to go. She is trapped. Yeah, and there was one point where she describes, like, how she's, like, the closeness. She's kind of realizing, like, how close I am and how tight his arms are around me. And I know that it wasn't supposed to be threatening, but if her attitudes were different, it could have been a threat. Like, just the way that the the description of it just seemed like I didn't like it. I know that Bella, you know, has her own opinions, but, you know, wasn't wasn't a really great description. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I actually just had um, a brainwave. I'm thinking I know what you were talking about earlier when you said it sums up the whole books. Are you talking about the part where... He says, you know, you like me better as a wolf because you don't have to pretend you're not attracted to me. Well, just the whole point in that, like, you're disappointed that I'm not a wolf. And she's like, no, you don't you don't know that. And he's like, yeah, no, you want me to be a wolf because it's easier for you that way. And it's like, yeah, she you like it more than when I'm a human. Yeah, that's her whole thing. She's literally trying to get into a vampire family right now. She's spending all this time with the werewolves. Like, that's her thing. You know, Bella's the monster fucker. You know, we all got our hobbies. 
I don't know if I'd call that a hobby, but I agree. <laughs> I felt bad, though, for Bella this whole time because she just, like, clearly doesn't want to talk about it, and he's forcing her to talk about it. And she keeps calling him irritating and, like, telling him to shut up, telling him that Edward will break his jaw, and he just is not listening. Yeah, and it's, I kind of hand in hand with that. I am very happy that at the bottom of page 476, when Jacob is talking about, you know, like, or she says that I've only kissed one person. And um, basically, Jacob says, does that mean that he's a better kisser than I am? I really couldn't say, Jake, Edward is the only person I've ever kissed besides me. But I don't count that as a kiss, Jacob. I think of it more as an assault, which correct. And I'm glad that Bella says that because, you know, she's saying it out loud for him to hear. And, you know, even if he doesn't want to hear it, she she's honest with herself and she's voicing how that made her feel. And I, I really commend Bella for that. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you pointed that out because that is a strong word to use, especially back then. I mean, it's not incorrect. It's the right word to use. But yeah, that's a powerful moment for sure. Yeah, I wish that Jacob could see it as that. And like he even later says, like immediately following ouch, that's cold. I shrugged. I wasn't going to take it back. I did apologize about that. He reminded me. So what? You know, like, apologies only do so much for for people. You know, like, like for some people that might be okay, but for other, for a lot of people, that's far from okay. You know? So I'm just glad that, you know, she did voice that, and you know, he he heard it, at least as much as he did. Yeah, and I like what Bella says in response to him saying, I did apologize about that. She says, and I forgave you mostly. It doesn't change the way I remember it. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, like, that's something that Bella and us, the readers, are never going to forget. Yep. Okay. So, finally they get off this subject because... Bella confesses to Jacob that she was being selfish and she asked Edward to stay with her throughout the fight. And he's like, well, why didn't you ask me? And she's like, well, I knew you wouldn't listen. And then he says, that doesn't mean he loves you more than I do. And I was like, that's, why is that relevant? (laughs) Yeah, like a famous John Mulaney quote, he says a separate but interesting point. I would argue separate but uninteresting point, but yes. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, so then he tries to pull the whole like, well, why do you even care? Why are you going to be worried while I while I'm gone? And she says, don't say that. You know how much you mean to me. I'm sorry it's not in the way you want, but that's just how it is. You're my best friend, at least you used to be, and sometimes still are when you let your guard down. <sighs> This whole vibe to me is Jacob is the what about my hug boy. Oh my God, you nailed it. It's just like this particular point. Like, so you love him more than you love me? Yeah, she does. (laughs) She's engaged to him. Like, I mean, he doesn't know that, but come on. What do you want her to say? She's literally ready to be immortal for this. Yeah, that should be like, way more than enough for him to realize. (laughs) Okay. So the last thing they talk about is 
Bella asks Jacob about the whole alpha beta thing that Edward told her about, like how he, he was second in command. And she gets it out of him that he was supposed to be the alpha because of the lineage. Like he basically says it's based on the lineage. And then she's like, well, why weren't you the alpha? Because your great, I think great grandfather was the alpha. And basically um, Jacob ends up admitting that he turned the job down. He says, yeah, I was supposed to be the alpha. My eyebrows pulled together. Sam didn't want to step down. Hardly. I didn't want to step up. Why not? I didn't want any of it, Bella. I didn't want anything to change. I didn't want to be some legendary chief. I didn't want to be part of a pack of werewolves, let alone their leader. I wouldn't take it when Sam offered. What do you think about this whole conversation? When, I guess my my counterpoint before I answer is, when do you think this position was offered to him? Probably right when he turned, I would guess. I think that is why he answered that. I feel like Jacob has maybe a little more so warmed up to the idea or is a little more fine with being a leader. But I think back to when Jacob first turned, I feel like there was a level of shame and disappointment, I guess, embarrassment in a way um, of him just not being himself anymore, not being human. And I could see him just not wanting to fully commit to that sort of a thing. And also Jacob, to me, doesn't seem like a power hungry kind of character or, you know, he like while he would be a good leader, it's not necessarily something that he's striving for or asking for, you know, like if the time were to come where he needed to stand up, I think he would be a really good leader and a good I guess, role model maybe for the other wolves in the pack, but it just doesn't really seem like part of his personality to want and strive for power like that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think if he was asked now, he would still turn it down or what do you think? Since I feel like he might turn it down, but only because Sam is such a good leader. I think that if Sam weren't in the picture, I think that he would take it on. But I think that Sam is doing a, a good enough job right now and all of the other wolves look to him and, you know, have a level of respect for Sam that Jacob doesn't feel the need to. If Sam were not in the picture, I think that Jacob would. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much the end. They get to where Edward has set up camp and Jacob has already told Bella that he's going to be like staying, quote unquote, staying there. But he's going to be in his wolf form so that he can act as like a um, kind of a, the in-between if they need it to communicate. Um, so, yeah, the end of the chapter is him going to change, um, meaning he's going to take off his clothes so he doesn't shred them and then change into a wolf. Cool. Did this? Oh, did you hear my voice crack? Yeah. Did this chapter make you think of Teen Wolf? Um. First of all, that's two weeks in a row your voice is cracked, which is hilarious. Um. Honestly, no. But I'm curious why you think so. 
I just feel like this is the literally the first time in this entire series that the words alpha and beta have come up. And as soon as I read alpha, that's all I could think of was Teen Wolf. Okay, yeah, valid. I think it probably crossed my mind, but I've read this before, so I knew it was coming. Right, that makes sense. Um, the reason that we just read this short chapter this week is because for next week, I'm going to be doing a live reading of chapter 22, Fire and Ice. Paige is rubbing her hands together maniacally. What do you think is going to happen? Well, this is the this is the thing that this book is about. The first book was Adam and Eve or like lion and lamb, some some shit like that. I don't know. And we got that. The second book was Romeo and Juliet, and we got that. This book has been hot and cold, yes and no, fire and ice. We are finally now coming to a, a head of Jacob versus Edward. I I mean, we're camping alone right now with just Edward, Jacob, and Bella. And there's been a lot of talk in this this chapter about some kind of brawl, some kind of fight. I don't think that they're going to fight because that would be stupid given the situation. However, when these two big brains do meet, a lot of stupidity does happen. So maybe there is going to be some verbal arguments. I think it's going to be a lot of Bella really thinking about Edward versus Jacob. What do the two, what are the two pros? What are the two cons? You know, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of comparison and a lot of who is the better person for Bella. Okay. So you don't think they're going to have a threesome in the tent? I wish, but no. <laughs> Damn. I think it would just be, as Edward Cullen would put it, too smelly, too stinky. Why would he put it that way? Oh, because, like, he thinks Jacob stinks? Yeah, and I guess Ed, or I guess Jacob could say that, too. Yeah. Bella likes the smell of both of their monster aromas, so I think she's okay with it. <laughs> Alrighty, I guess we'll find out. Um, you gotta do the socials, but I think Tina wants to go out. What makes you say that? <laughs> Alrighty, everyone, you can, if, you know, we love to hear from everyone. We've, we've said it once, we'll say it again. Please talk to us. We are lonely. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking only for myself. And honestly, this is babbling. This is babbling. Anyways, you can contact us at Instagram and at Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. You can tweet at us, send up some good memes at Twitter. Our handle is taftpod. You can send us a long-form email at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate to our Patreon and become a future Eclipse watcher with us for our Hulu party, you can donate to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And as always, we highly recommend you look into the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. You can find out more and donate. And also, if you donate to them, you can still be included in our Patreon events. You can donate slash learn more at www.mthg.org. Paige, we've done it again. 71 episodes. Send them off with something good. 
So this week I'm going to leave you with a fun fact that I learned in my archaeology class, archaeology of North America. There are only two animals that have evolved specifically to live alongside humans. They literally exist to be with us. Can you guess the two animals? You know, I feel like this is a trap because I feel like I'm meant to say dogs and cats, but cats don't need us. So I'm going to say dogs and hamsters. You're 50% right. Dogs and head lice. Ew! It's true, though. All right, well, I'll leave you with that fucking disturbing fact. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye! Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.